Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Bengal Tiger Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruin. Joining me once again is Shay Dixon. Shay, it is December 5th that marks the beginning of the transfer portal uh, run uh, through, what, 45 days into, into January? 45 days. My eyes are getting heavy, and as of now, nothing has happened yet. So <laughs> we'll touch on some of that, I'm certain, in here. But uh, look, I also promised I would have my new mic set up and all that. Blame Amazon. Apparently, it was. it's still going to be here today. This is Monday the 5th. We've it's dragging out on me, bit. though. So this will be the final time. Next time you hear me on a podcast, it'll sound great. All right. Well, Billy will get to experience that, I guess, with the, the yeah, recruiting right. podcast. The debut so, of my new mic the on debut. the recruiting podcast. Big, big, uh, that'll be a big podcast. We'll see see how that Ooh. goes. But yeah, Monday Mailbag Edition. Uh, as always, we take questions from our subscribers on the board. Um, leave it up to them to ask whatever they want about the team. Uh, obviously, leave the recruiting to uh, Shay and Billy on the Tuesday podcast. But plenty, I think we got plenty of questions still. So, yeah, I think we can get right into it. Let's do it. All right. Question number one, Cairo Tiger asked, will we get hit with the opt-out bug? So, LSU plays Kansas – or, excuse Kansas State. That was a year ago. LSU plays Purdue in the Citrus Bowl this year, a battle of a couple of teams that made their conference championship games in the SEC and Big Ten. That game is not until January 2nd. What Cairo is asking Matty B is – of your draft eligible guys, obviously, is what he's talking here. Um, do you see some guys sitting out? I would say the answer is yes. And judging off of how Brian Kelly talked, it's more about convincing guys, in my opinion, who are going to play in like the Senior Bowl or the East-West Shrine game. He mentioned that as mm-hmm. trying to keep them on board through the bowl game and into then allow them to go from there. Yeah, I mean – B.J. Ojolari is a guy you obviously uh, would expect to opt out if, again, we'll see how all the, whether it's exit interviews go or just, you know, postseason talks go between Brian Kelly and the coordinators and these guys. But, you know, B.J. Ojolari is obviously going to be probably a first-round pick at this point. Then you have others like, like is Ollie Gay out, out of eligibility, I believe? Uh, uh, yes, and he participated in senior night at least. So exactly. there's a presumption he's going pro. And he already exactly. accepted a bid to the senior bowl. Yeah, so him, uh, Kayshawn, uh, Kayshawn Boutte. Um, well, Kayshawn and Ojolari have to jump out, right? As like sitting out of the game. That's like the first people yeah. you would think about. Yes, those two. And then, I mean, I, I know well, it's been talked about, but I mean, Makai Gardner is a guy. That could be one. Maybe if uh, he's going gonna, to, would, would be another one that would have to jump out. Uh, as I think is junior at this point. So, yeah, I think those. Jaquel and Roy could be Jaquel one who Roy, sits yes. out. Yes. Jaquel I would put my four top draft guys as Kayshawn, Ojolari, Roy, and Garner. Yes. So those guys is where you start. I think where you want to keep guys is the Jay Wards and Ali Gaze of the world who. Michael Baskerville. Micah Baskerville, guys who are seniors, you want them to stay on through the bowl game before they start prepping for, um, you know, a shot at the NFL. And Brian Kelly talked about that. Uh, We have some – his whole uh, rundown on the site, but he said um, basically the meetings, all that, they'll get through finals. And then he said – this is his quote. 
Um, their guys were evaluating who are evaluating whether or not they should play in the bowl or should they be working out preparing for an all-star game or just preparing for the combine. Look, all those things will help them with. Uh, we've got counsel our guys with it. We'll give them both sides of the story. Is it better to practice and prepare and work on skill development as you get ready for something, you know, a bowl or a combine or trying to run a 40? Uh, we'll give them all that info. And then ultimately it's on them, their choice. We'll support them in whatever choice they make. Um, so you, you get the sense Brian Kelly will know, as he said, in the next 24 to 48 hours, I mean, today and tomorrow, who's opting out, who's not. And then it will be made public. Let's move. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean that's that's. Um, Let me ask you, Matt. Then you have then you have other seniors like Jarek Bernard Converse. <clears throat> right. Um, both the Arkansas guys are seniors, right? Brooks and Fouché. Yeah, and there is a thought that Brooks could come back for another year. So you wouldn't think he, if he does come back for another year, uh, I wouldn't think he's sitting out of a bowl. But yeah. we'll have to see. Um, a Ward as well, by the way. Just throw his name out there. I think he right, has another yeah. year. Right? Yeah, Ward and Ward participated in Senior Night, like Ali Gay. You want those guys to stick around and play in the bowl. Um, Cairo Tiger again, which young guys can play in the bowl game and not burn their red shirt? Okay, I've got the stats pulled up here and I'll run through them. Seven Banks isn't young, but he's only played in two games. I don't know how healthy he would be, though. Yeah, we'll see how healthy. Um, Matthew Langwa's a second year guy. He's only played in one game. I don't know if he's still injured, though. Uh, Walker Howard has obviously only played in one game. Let's see. Oh, man, Walker would some be of, Some one. of these young guys, like, um, yeah, like Landon Ibieta hasn't played. Okay, here's uh, here here's a really good one. And Ibieta's been hurt. Here's a good one. Yeah. Jalen Davis Robinson has only played in three games. So much like Chris Hilton a year ago, he can play in the bowl, not burn his red shirt by hitting – he'll hit the four games. But even Brian Kelly said in his presser when I asked the importance of these 15 bowl practices, and he said really, especially the first like five or six practices – he said, we can get guys like Quincy Wiggins. We can get Jalen Davis Robinson. And then he said others, but he had put Davis Robinson in there with Wiggins as someone he really wanted to see get like first team reps or something, you know, as yeah. you kind of open bowl practice and are taking it easy on some other guys. So uh, those are a few names. Let me scroll to the next page. And people had asked about um, Wiggins but he's been hurt. But I also think he hit his cap already for, so, or so. he was hurt. He's not hurt now. Yeah. He, he was hurt at the beginning of the season. And then came back. Um, yeah. I mean, players like that. I, don't, I don't think three. Jordan Allen's, I don't think Jordan Allen's played at all. Uh, Laterrence Welsh uh, has been on special teams. Welsh has been on yeah. special teams in my memory. So yeah, it's a, it's a lot of different players there. Um, I don't know if you have the list up, but it's all right. If not, we can move on. No. Yeah. I'm just still scrolling through and looking at, who is young that hasn't taken a red shirt yet that could continue to play? Um, I was looking for Ty well, I mean, Hill's really, only played in two games. Not that I don't think he'll be playing a ton of the bowl game. So, and and uh, yeah, yeah, and we'll we'll get into this as well. But I I think the bowl game is has a lot of significance for this team and this coaching. Correct. Like I, no, it's not going to be I, a bunch of young bucks that you haven't seen yet. This ain't K State. This is this isn't last year. They're not going to roll out just guys that haven't played all year like oh go ahead LaTerrence Welsh go get starting cornerback reps like no if they have guys available at the spots that have started all year they're gonna play a majority of the game if not all the game so that's why I don't really worry about it too much all good uh yeah I don't I don't think it'll be a, a thing where we see a ton of guys that we I think it'll be just the normal people we've been seeing all year minus the guys who like, opt out exactly 
Uh, NolaFan33, do you guys think the lack of depth defensively caught up to the team to finish the season and they just ran out of gas? I think that's exactly what happened. Yeah, no, I agree. I, agree. I think that's – that's, and obviously, I think on defensive line is, is one of the, the, the most staggering, you know, points that that is made. I mean, the rotations just – they don't rotate very often at all. I mean, obviously, sometimes they, they throw Perkins in there and change up the alignment and the personnel, but – for the most part, they really don't rotate on defensive line. Even at linebacker, they don't rotate a ton. So defensive backs, it depends on the personnel, whether they're in dime, nickel, or whatever they're in. But still, it just felt like there was just no depth at by the end of the year, and it kind yeah. of reflected that. Um, Bourbon and Cheerios asks, um, one, what was the special team's highlight of the season? Ooh, Matty B, do you have a pick? Um, Jeez. First Ramos. thing that came to – hit a kick at some point that was big huh florida he had a, he hit the field goal against florida i think to put it out of reach to make it yeah, well there you get that ice it that's right that'd be that's the yeah. biggest play of the year that's the one that came to mind yeah there's got brantlett had some brantlett had some big punts in the bama game oh he did he really that, did you know they were keeping them flipping the field a lot um yeah, yeah that, that's i'll go i'll point. go the ramos florida kick unless exactly. i'm missing something exactly um Bourbon and Cheerios, two-parter warning, Matty B, is what he says. Does overachieving in year one create unrealistic expectations in year two? And does seemingly does the seemingly easier schedule uh, gloss over how fortunate this team was in one-score games with Jaden essentially never turning it over? I can answer the first part very easily. Right. Does overachieving in year one create unrealistic expectations in year two? Sure, but unrealistic expectations will be there regardless because this is a passionate fan base and it's LSU and your expectations are always for um, much more than probably the reality of what's to come. Um, and that's fine. That's what being a fan of a big time university is all about. Yeah. Question number two, though, uh, that he asks here, does an easier schedule, or at least what he says is seemingly uh, gloss over how fortunate they were in one score games with Jaden essentially never turning it over. Does the seemingly easier schedule gloss over how fortunate this team was in one score games with Jaden essentially never turning over. So this year, their easier schedule, does that gloss over how fortunate? I'm not sure I understand the question. And maybe I, maybe I just can't read, but I'm trying to figure out what exactly that means. Like, yes, this team was fortunate in, in a, to an extent. And we talked about this, right? We talked about the margins being very thin where they had to operate in. They had to execute at a high level consistently in those plays like the two-point conversion against Bama. Like, those type of plays determine this season. And, and yes, Jane Daniels not turning the ball over was a huge, huge reason that they were able to stay in games against these uh, teams that have coaches that have been there for multiple years. But, like, um, I'm not sure. I'll let you in. I'll let you I, in. Well, I guess you're right. I think you're reading it right, is that are people just looking at LSU winning the West and saying, well, the SEC West was down and and maybe you should more so be looking at they got into a lot of tight games that they ended up winning because they never turned it over, which oh. is, I think, exactly why Jaden was starting and playing oh, a lot, yeah. one of the reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Like we said, the, the ceiling of this team was not overly high. The the talent level of this team was not, you know, that of an 11-1 and team or 10-2 and team. So, yeah, they're going to have a lot of close games, and you have Jaden Daniels who can manage a game really well and make plays with his legs. Uh, third one from Bourbon and Cheerios, what's one thing you should know how to do but you don't? I am terrible and I thought of this on the spot as I read this. 
I can never figure out how to defrost the window on my car. And it doesn't matter <laughs> how many YouTube videos I've watched or people I've asked or just every setting. I can never get it. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have the little, just the thing that has the defrost yeah, on the front? That doesn't do anything that for doesn't me work? either. It doesn't work? Yeah. I just, sometimes you got to put the, the windshield wipers on the whole time. Like, I was, yeah. No. Yes, oh, I saw when we were driving back from New Orleans, uh, Maddie B. It's a lot of fog. A lot of fog. You I handled it like a pro. Up. Exactly. Um, one thing. Anything that, you got? Change a flat. Change but I have flat. YouTube. Right? I have a phone, right? So I figure. I figure if that ever happens, I just YouTube it and then just figure it out from there. Right. All right. Um, well, I'm sure. Hope so. Yeah. Hundred we'll percent. I think you can figure out anything on YouTube. We're going to need yeah, to get you to a... change a flat. We're just going to do a trial run for you, and then okay. we'll get inside, and you can show me how to defrost the car, and then we'll. Go All right. On. Yeah. Uh, hold that, Tiger. Twenty three. I'm thankful for. Uh, very thankful for everything Jaden's done for the team. However, I think it's very clear now that the lack of a vertical passing attack was not the fault of the wider receivers of the OC. What are your guys' thoughts in the QB room? Could or shouldn't us end up QB1 if Jaden comes back? There's so many parts that we don't know, given does Jaden go pro, does Jaden stay? If Jaden yeah. stays, does Nuss leave or does he stay? Um, but I think, I think first off, if Nuss was itching to leave, he would have been the, one of the first names into the portal on Monday yeah, morning, all and that wasn't, that wasn't all the, the quarterbacks case. are gone. All the quarterbacks have entered the portal at this point. I mean, a lot of them have. I, I I don't, I mean, does Nuss throw it vertically better than Jaden? Sure. I mean, that's what Nuss's game is. He wants to push it. Jaden, I mean, Nuss also turned it over twice in the second half. Jaden threw three picks all season, and they were all kind of, yeah. two of them were fluky, and one was yeah. the, just a last so game against Tennessee. One protects them. Yeah, they're completely different to me. I don't, I, I don't think you can just point to the vertical passing game and be like, okay, if one guy does it better than the other, that's who we need to roll with. And I, I mean, I think coming into the year, A, as much as I love, you know, Garrett Nussmeyer's ability and everything like that, there is obvious context to the situation he was put in against Georgia. Like, there's obvious context. And I think he's really, really good. And, I mean, I had a whole video before. Captain the season, of the Nuss bus over here, yeah. Matty B. Like, all this stuff. It was obviously a situation against Georgia where he was coming in and it was tailor-made to be like, throw the damn ball. Just throw the ball there's no um it really wasn't a lot to think about in my opinion but uh can he do that yes and can hit the next step in his game be evolving to be more than just you know that type of quarterback yes but Jaden Daniels floor was significantly higher going into this year so um that's why as we've talked about he was the obvious choice to start this year um now it like you said it's hard projecting for 2023 because what are the odds both quarterbacks are on this roster in 2023 like i don't think it's a i don't think it's impossible yeah but what like 20 percent chance i don't know something low i feel like i don't think it's that low okay all right i think well, it's then, higher than that okay then we have then it then it becomes an interesting com conversation because then it's like i believe it would be an open competition so do i that's because that's what why nuss would come back is that if he thought he had a chance to fight for that job and for that reason i think it would come back to which quarterback can improve the most, which quarterback can feel more comfortable in the system. And uh, which I think if Jaden comes back, he obviously has to add that vertical passing game to his, um, to his uh, repertoire. And if Nussmeyer comes back, then there's obviously things in practice that he has shown that he can't do. And um, a large part of that is taking care of the football. 
I think it's a discussion we'll have after Jaden announces whether he is returning or going, and then we, in short order, probably find out what Nuss is going to do. Yes. Um, Grape Swisho, what, where do you th- guys think Jare Jenkins will be drafted? I can see him being a really, really solid wide receiver in the league. Someone will get a steal. I wish I knew what his testing numbers were coming out of high school. I don't have them handy to know if he's like hitting 40-inch verticals or something that would just absolutely shoot you up a middle rounds of – a draft, but I do. Let me start here. Do you think he gets drafted? I, I need to see him in pro day. I think he can get drafted, though. I me think, too. Racy so McMath I think, got, Racy I, got I think Dre round. will be a middle round NFL pick. Yeah. I mean, and that's what I'm trying to figure out. If he tests well in pro day, there's no reason he can't be fourth round. I mean, around there. I mean, maybe higher. He's, he's come up with some clutch plays. No, he has. He has. He definitely had moments. Played a lot of big spots. Yeah, he's definitely had moments, so it's it's hard for me because I think whenever people think of like the draft, it's easy whenever you can name the top ten guys, like because those top ten guys all go in the top two rounds, and then after that, to me, it gets hard to separate guys, you know, in that area. Yeah, it just becomes on who needs receivers exactly. and who who likes them. Half exactly. the, the middle rounds and late rounds are just about who they fall in love with through the process exactly. and they want to start taking. So, so he's a great kid too. So he'll interview well. Teams will like him a lot. Uh, play special teams, does it all. Yeah, um, yeah, I absolutely think he'll get drafted. I'll go middle rounds right now. Hunter Fournette, no question uh, right now. He just wanted to hashtag Nussbus. So Broke the rules, but I appreciate got it. got another one. Yeah, Maddie B loves it. Um, checking the phone here. See if we got any live news for us. Um, we don't. No, the last thing I saw before I got on was Ed Ogeron being considered for the UNLV job. So Hey, now. Oh, in Vegas. That would be something. You could, yeah, you could recruit over I'll, there. I would watch. Um, thoughts on the Tiger cycling? Th- thoughts on the potential for Besh to enter the portal? Seems odd to me he'd leave given the wide receiver room for next year and the continuity of a full offseason with the staff and personnel. I would toss in as well that he's a Louisiana native. He's always been very vocal about wanting to be a Tiger. Flipped from Vanderbilt to LSU before signing day. Maddie B, you very much can – no one would deny that Besh wants to be at LSU. There's buzz out there that he could be entertaining transferring, and that buzz would certainly center around, yes, he was hurt this year at different times, even had a procedure today on his finger. But the reality of it remains, last year he was among the team leader in stats. This year, well behind the first four or five guys in the wide receiver rotation. Is that enough for him? If you take Jare Jenkins and Butte out of it, what do you, if you're Besh, what are you doing? And that, that everything you just said makes it hard for I think fans and even myself to be like, how I, I can't see him being quick to pull the trigger to enter the portal, right? This had to have been something that has, if he does enter the portal, it would have had to have been something that has been brewing for you know quite a while, like those games where he did have zero targets, zero targets, hardly got on the field, like those games. Even though he had a really good game against Georgia and was targeted a lot against Georgia with Nussmeyer, those early games I do think, you know, plant a seed to a degree. And then it's not like they're just losing these players and they're not going to replenish on talent. They got four receiver commits already, and then who knows what they're going to go to the portal and do. I mean, get, playing time is never guaranteed from one year to another, which I think we see every single year when, you know, we expect players to take a step forward. Um you know, who knows what the relationships are. And I think if I'm Jack Besh, I, I, don't, I don't go into it being like, okay, well, Kayshawn and Jare are gone, so I'm obviously going to step into it. That's not, it's not always that simple. 
I think with these exit interviews they do are all about with the receiver, you know, he'll meet with Hankton, he'll meet with Kelly, and you can get a path for this is where we see you growing your game. Yeah. Here's the role we want you in next year. And then you weigh it. But again, I mean, he's about as LSU as it gets and has always been very vocal about that. So I do, I, I agree with you. I do not think if he leaves, I would be surprised. I'm not saying it's not possible. And I'm at all, I'm just saying that if he leaves after two years and is one of the guys you really feel like is a program guy for you, it would, it would surprise me a little bit, but he's in, he's, he's talented and he's in one of the most talented rooms uh, on the team. So Exactly. Um, if he if he values playing time and doesn't feel like he's going to get at LSU, maybe he does look around. Yeah. Uh, JWP, what are what are the chances Jaden Daniels does not come back? Um, so, what are the chances Jaden Daniels turns pro? I'm I would put it below fifty percent, but I have no idea. I'm just guessing. I was going to say like forty. I was going to say the chances he doesn't come back. I would put at forty percent. If it just. I, the feel, gut feel. Well, and there was a narrative that when he left Arizona State, he was a one and done, and it was to go play a year in the SEC, enter the NFL draft. Yes. I think he's grown his game enough to get to a point where he sees he can grow it that much more with another year, um, perhaps sees he can get to a level that he did not envision when he was at Arizona State. Um, for those reasons and others, I will put it below 50% that he actually goes pro. Yes. Um, the handicapped in honest opinions on what happens with Polian in the offseason. I don't think I mean, I, I don't think he's getting fired or demoted or any of that. Honestly, I think he's going to continue to be in charge of the board, which is recruiting his title, whether that's transfer and taking new guys. And I think yeah. that he and Brian Kelly are going to have a lot of time to look over what ha- needs to happen to fix special teams. I yeah, don't think I- that he would have brought. He's worked with him longer than he's worked with anyone else on staff. He wouldn't have brought him here if he was going to fire him after a year. I, I I can I agree with that. I think the special teams can be you know in question whatever. But let's remember, I mean, he was basically the GM of this team over the off season. And think about all the transfers he brought in that helped this. There's team. no doubt. Now people listening, people listening are just going to respond. Well, then just move him into that role and bring somebody else in. I don't ever think it's that simple. So. I mean, I mean, I'm sure they'll. He's a coach. Yeah, whether it's analysts or whatever else. I mean, I'm, you can make you know subtle changes around him, but um, yeah, he'll be on the staff. I think you're right, and, and I trust your opinion that he'll. I mean, I think he'll be still the special teams coordinator, and they'll just have a uh, bigger emphasis on it going into next year. They got an off season to figure it out. Um... But that's my opinion, and uh, we'll see what happens. Are you satisfied with Polian's handling of special teams? Uh, this is from Foch Falk. I don't, I don't, I don't know exactly. I wants to pronounce that. Are you satisfied with uh, Polian's handling of special teams this year? And then he asks, is there a possibility you can shift roles, putting someone else in charge next year? We just talked about that, but I don't think any. I don't think Brian Polian's satisfied with how the. Yeah, I don't think anyone's satisfied. Special teams played, so no, I'm not, and I don't think anybody is. Um, yeah. Nor. Nor is Brian Polian or Kelly, who are the two opinions that matter there. Uh, Utah Tiger, we never know. We should ask him, ESQ. How does covering a BK team compare to covering Orgeron or Miles in terms of media access, relationship with the staff, et cetera? I think they're all pretty much the same if you work hard enough to get relationships. Coaches are always more than happy to form them. And media access is typically about the same across all those coaches. So, yeah. 
Coaches are coaches. Um, coaches are. There's uh, a lot of difference between those three and how they run a program, but how we get treated as media, I don't think is all that different. Les was very secretive with everything. Orgeron and Kelly are not in the sense of like, they'll just come out and tell you who's injured or exactly what happened or why a guy didn't play. Les would be very cryptic about it and just leave everyone kind of <laughs> guessing. So too bad. Too bad I missed the Les era. You would have you would have loved it. Um Nemo Aldis asked, what are the rules regarding analysts working with players on special teams? So you just mentioned that, Manny B. Can they be on the field instead of pulling? And I believe the answer is no. There can only be 11 on-field coaches. So there is only 11 on-field coaches. That's correct. Yeah. Um, a lot of that, you know, GAs, analysts, all that, they sit in the booth and do a lot of the relaying, which is what special teams analysts right now are doing. Um, you can always put more analysts on a position if you feel like it needs more attention. And maybe Brian Kelly does that this offseason. I'll tell you this. I'll be floored no matter if Brian Pullian's the coach next year on special teams or if I am, if it wasn't markedly improved. I don't think okay, they're going to yeah. roll out just another terrible from yeah. start to finish year on special teams. Like everything that went wrong went wrong. I think they get that out of the way and clean it. You can only go up from here, my brother Matty B. You can only go up from here. <laughs> um, Slick Deuce Man, with, without using math, he's he always hates the articles where I force yeah, no him math. to use math. No math. Do you think LSU adds more than it loses in the portal or vice versa? I think this is a great question. I think yes. they, I think it's close to being one for one, but I feel like I feel they like they lose, lose more. more than they yeah. gain. I agree. But you also got to remember last year they signed 15 high school guys. This year they're already at 23 and they'll sign 27 or something. So it's going to be a lot. As that number expands, as you get a little bit better roster retention, the number of transfers you actually need goes down. Yeah. I mean, because what what do we, I mean, just at a basic level, I've, I've said that, you know, on average, I think the SEC was around like seven portal additions like uh, over last offseason. So, Let's assume LSU is at six or seven. I think they lose more than six or seven this year, just from natural, if nothing else, from natural attrition of players wanting to go play, uh, get get some playing time. So, yeah, I think I would think that loses more than it uh, gains. Okay, um, three more to go here. Roy Hobbs, who do you see stepping up to get Micah Baskerville snaps at linebacker next year? Perk will be on the field for sure, but who gets the most snaps alongside him? Pan, Tolan, Weeks, or a portal guy? Great question. I think we don't know who the portal guy would be, so I won't include him. The battle's Pan and Tolan, and Brian Kelly said Tolan has been nipping at Penn's heels. So we'll see. Tolan's a You dude. want them both. I mean, Tolan's a guy. And that we, we talked about, and we talked about Pin will continue to improve. Pin is only one, no doubt. one year older than. Tolan, do not um, do not give Penn the Damone Clark treatment, LSU fans. Where yeah. you hated him because they put him on the field early, and then he's like your savior by his fifth year in college or fourth year in college. That's always so, that's always the funny thing, right? Is you they, you want young players to play until they they don't play well, and then you know, like, then get them out, and then and then it's like okay, but um, but no, yeah, I think Tolan is a is a dude. I think Penn will continue to improve. Um, I don't think Weeks is all, quite on their level. Um, but he, but is, yeah, he, I think Weeks is firmly a second teamer. Yeah, he's a rotation guy, which is there's nothing wrong with that. You need that, and so yeah, you have those two with Perkins, and I've maintained that. I, I mean, there's been a lot of talk, 
move of there have been there has been a lot of talk of Perkins moving to inside, but then he's played so much on the outside at you know the jack slash defensive end position this whole year. It's made me reconsider just how sure I am that they're going to move him to inside. But I don't know. I think that's one of the biggest, bigger talking points of the offseason to me on the defense side of the ball is what are they going to do with Perkins? Like now it doesn't feel like because the whole thing the early part of the year was can't get him on the field because he doesn't know everything yet. All right, well, now you are you going to put him at a jack position or are you going to put him at an inside linebacker position? Because it feels like you got to make up your mind and then just let him learn everything about that position and just go from there. All right, now let's see. Moving on to Zud the HUD. There's so much about to happen, he says. How many will LSU lose to the portal? I've seen talk of players like Nuss and Besh. How real is that chatter? We just addressed that. Mm -hmm. um, how many will we take from the portal? And I know it's in flux, but what's your forecast? I like your number of seven being the average. So I'll go seven to ten players. They took nearly 20 last year. It's is that yeah? I, is, I start by cutting that in half. Yeah, I I don't think they surpassed ten. Um, if we're not counting, I think the they took they took sixteen, 16 transfers last year on scholarship, and they took mm -hmm. like four or five more as preferred yeah. walk-ons, which would include like Greg Clayton, who started um, as a punt returner. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but um, sixteen, I'll cut that number in half. I'll say between seven to ten. Yeah, I, I think that's safe. I, I don't think they go over ten at all. Um, but with that being said, though. We'll see if there's significantly more players in the portal this year, maybe than last year. Even though it doesn't feel like there can be more than there was last year, there's going to be a ton. There's just so many players going to be in the portal, man. So who knows? Who more knows? players than there will be spots. I promise yeah. you that. A lot of kids are going to be realizing the grass isn't greener. That's not an LSU directed comment. That's just in general. It's yeah. insane how many kids are going in across the country. Um, LSU asked, uh, or LSU EAUX, well done. Uh, the final question, here we go. It's been stated that this will be Kelly's least talented team during his time at LSU. Given the amount of talented future NFL players on our current roster, is that a realistic comment and expectation? And he says, I'm not sure I would agree that the guys replacing the guys, replacing these guys who are leaving are more talented. Um, so he brings up a good point there. You may lose some guys this year and you replace them next year with guys who are not as talented. But he asks, overall, is this the least talented team that Kelly will have during his time at LSU? Wait, wait but what position are they losing players that they won't have as much talent in? Um, I mean, obviously, they have to replace I mean, the secondary. Yeah, that. But I mean, think, you re you're replacing Kayshawn and well, you can replace that. Um, like, okay, BJ Ojolari, Jaquel and Roy. Joe Jolari. Like you have Mason Smith and Mikhail Wingo next year, presumably. Yeah, but I mean those guys also already start. So um I yes, the depth and that's okay, yes. From a like that's Jay Ward, to, maybe. Yeah, um, that's what we need to, that's what we continue to talk about is the depth of this defense needs to improve greatly. So no doubt. I I guess from that perspective, yeah, you lose all these guys, the players coming in aren't as, you know, A established, but B as as good, I guess. No but um, I don't I don't look at this team as being like, wow, they had Greg Brooks, Jay Ward, Major Burns, Mason Taylor, who's a freshman, Josh Williams at running back, like I Charles Turner at center, Anthony Bradford at guard. I mean, two freshmen at tackles. So I, you agree is, with him that this is probably the least talented team Kelly will have at LSU? Well, no, he disagreed with us. He said, I'm not sure I would agree that the guys. Oh, uh, it's oh no, no, he. 
he was just quoting at the end. He was saying that, okay. you know, I don't know if every guy that is going to step in and replace someone next year will okay. be automatically better a, than that person. Yeah. But he asked if that's a realistic comment. Um, that it's the least talented team yeah. that Kelly. No, I, I agree. I think I've said that before. It's probably going to be, it sh- should, I think, probably be his least talented group on paper. Like, Colby Richardson was starting games for the first four games of the year. Like, it's just there's going to be natural progression of depth and talent that rises up as you continue to get these classes in. And, yeah, I mean, I just don't see this team as having a ton of – I mean, how many players are going to get drafted? We just talked about it. What, five? Five, six? Like, Well, and he just says given the amount of talented future NFL players on our okay. current roster. Okay. I guess, yeah, you can include Harold Perkins, but then again, Harold Perkins would then also be on next year's team and the year after that. Yeah, so, like, so- – some of the you can only include the guys who are going pro this year in that line of thought. I'll say this: I think it will be the. This is the. He'll never have. The best way to say this: a roster that's less of an actual team than yeah, this. Yeah, pieced together. This one was just a bunch of transfers, a bunch of true freshmen, a handful of guys you had relied on in the past not much depth. So like you were really razor thin margins for error every week and you were having to do it on the fly with a whole new staff and then apply all that to, you know, kids who were coming in, look, the A&M game, more than half the people who started on offense and defense were transfers and true freshmen. So like this was just pieced together and it turned out to go really well for them, obviously. No, I don't know whether the talent level every year will be better than this year, like you would hope, um, I think. But mm-hmm. they'll always be more of a team yeah. like than this year. They'll always have more guys developed in depth and more ready than they were this year. That's a good point. Um, that's it. No, that, that's a good point. So, yeah, it's a, it'll be interesting. I just imagine this team, if they had like a Devon A-Chain or Jameer Gibbs or a Tank Bigsby type running back type thing, because I think that would be – and, again, Josh Williams was great this year. Emory had moments of greatness um but dang i just i think that's a position that like lsu usually has a back that is obviously elite and i think this is that's what i'm looking at i'm I'm looking at the running back position i want to see what they do in the portal i want to see what they do um obviously they have two two committed right now i'm caleb jackson's a really good really good back and um trey holly is is good as well but the running back position is something i'm, I'm interested in It'll be a fun 45 days we were oh, a yeah. day into the portal my friend 44 days remaining 44 remaining um all right that's it we appreciate all the questions get out here in 35 minutes um get back uh to the transfer portal and the board which we have been on all day uh just talking to people monitoring who's been going in um from across the country obviously but i think you tweeted out i mean are the threads on this on the board are just going crazy right now so it's been a lot of fun to interact with y'all uh to continue to watch all this unfold shay has a new rpm pick in so check that out on the board as well let me get the hat one dollar for a year still still running it um but yeah you can get all that good uh all the content we have on the board um for a dollar for a year and a yeah. hat for free hat. So yeah check all that out what you got something else no, that was it. I thought you were going to wrap it up there. Yeah, check it no, out. Signing, signing day. We've got two signing days coming up. We've got a 45-day portal window. We've obviously got all the ball game coverage, so it is going to be coaches are on the road the next couple weeks. We've got official visitors. 
uh, both this weekend and next weekend, including Desmond Ricks, Javian, or not Tobiani's already taken his, um, Isaac Smith, um, you name it. There's a number of kids that will be coming in. Yeah. Uh, just dropped a new on three RPM pick on the board for LSU to land a 2023 kid. So uh, Toviano announces on the 15th for those that missed that. Buckle in, boys. Buckle and if you're not signed up, give us your dollar and come to come hang out with us. One dollar, one dollar. I All would right. let you do it for free if they did, but they want us to get, they want a dollar from you. <laughs> they, they want us to get paid somehow for it. Uh, $1 though. Uh, but yeah, that's all we got for y'all today. We hope y'all enjoyed the podcast. Uh, leave a like, comment, share, and subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't already. Um, if you're listening on the audio side, leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple, on Spotify. We greatly appreciate it, and we will talk to y'all later.